Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as light workers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Word, we will discuss a word, think community, balance, tenacity, etc., in hopes of motivating our audience to incorporate more of that into their lives. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Morning. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. Good morning. September. September 16th. It's been a little bit since we've been all together, and we're welcoming um, a powerhouse today. On um, Actually, I wanted to, to say for a minute, today is going to be, although this podcast is a What's Your Word, um, our guest today what's could- What's the word? Excuse me. It's early. Um, what's the word? <laughs> I messed up our own podcast. Yeah. Here we go. Title's wrong. Um, title's wrong. So- the guest that we have today could have been an ironic, a true straddle of both of our podcasts, whether it be What's Your Story and What's the Word. And we've isolated to fall on What's the Word because she works for herself. But I am excited to touch on the um, beautiful story that kind of would lead her into both of our capsules. Um, I met her originally when she was stalking my generator. That's right. Drive by. Which is something that you don't say outside of the suburbs. <laughs> um, I also didn't know what a generator was until, well, I mean, well, after maybe Sandy. Didn't know you had one. No, right. I almost, I, 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 I think I knew we had one because it cost a lot of money. Yeah. But other than that, no. Um, she lives around the corner from me. And sometimes I think what is my favorite, one of my many favorite items about being a host of this podcast is discovering who your neighbors are. And in this time of everything being so big um, and social media being so large, I find it very enjoyable that Jamie and I are kind of bringing it back to, you know, who who lives next door and what are they doing? Um, mm-hmm. By accident, unintentionally, but also kind of rediscovering or repurposing what the true definition of a micro-influencer is and who in your personal life can be somebody that can be on your, what we call, board of directors. Right. So, Jamie, Or just be inspirational to you yes. in some way. Like, it's it's crazy. Sometimes I, I talk about this with friends that you rub elbows with people all the time that you, you know, m- most people don't necessarily ask, like, what do you do or why do you do it? But unfortunately or fortunately, that's Marissa and I's, like, you know, bread and butter. And yeah. that's what we... But that's also what we think about. It's always, I'm always curious, like where it used to be, where'd you go to college, which still is a thing that you say. Yeah. It's more like, what do you do? Right. Like, what's your story? I love hearing people's stories. Right? Yeah. Me too. And I think not only could she have been a collaborator of both or a star of both of our podcasts, we, we also had trouble landing on one word. Right. And, <laughs> you know, out of all of the people that we've invited here, um, there was only one other person where I really, sh- I, I, I struggled to figure oh, out which one would belong to you. And um, 
without much further ado, I'll, I'll talk about the word in a second because I want to mention something about it. I'd like to, in, I'd like for you to introduce yourself Great. if I'd you don't to. mind, um, generator. Sneaker. Yeah, generator neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks for having me. Super excited. So as you know, we met as I was driving by your house and we yes. were looking at a generator. And so my husband and I are parked outside of her house. Like looking. They, they look literally. like they have that one. And then yeah. she happens to be walking outside and we're like, oh, no, we should say hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you guys, I mean, I love meeting new people. So we had just moved in and I was excited to meet you. And then we found out we had the same name. and Best name ever. We were like, OK, this and is great. And we spell it the same way. And we spell it the same way. Right, so with two S's. Yeah. I love it. And then what's funny is um, we've connected many times, but we've really not had much FaceTime together. This is probably the most FaceTime we've ever had. So it's in passing LinkedIn, Facebook, and you know, you've helped me with some executive search stuff. So it's been pretty cool. Um, So my story is um, it's funny how people like me if they haven't even known me. Like right. God, we haven't even exchanged <laughs> like tequilas and coffee, know, like, and we already like each yeah. other. Like, you like me, we've never met. Yeah, that's right. That's um, amazing. Which is half the battle. Um, so start with your name yeah. and your title and where you work sure. and all that fun so, stuff. So Marissa Savino Williams, um, married to Fred Williams, and we live in Fairhaven. I have two little girls, Abby, who just started kindergarten, mm-hmm. and Olivia, who is three at Meadowflower. And uh, we moved to Fairhaven three years ago, like so many other people in town. We came from the city. We're both originally from New Jersey. Um, I met my husband because he was one of my clients, which is a pretty fun story. Um, we but, just focus on that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, right? that would Let's be fun. That for an hour. Yeah, that could be a good one. So um, I'm from right outside of Princeton. Um, I grew up there pretty much my whole life. I went to Villanova. I graduated in 2002. And then I started working 30 days after graduation. And I always say, I think I'm just one of those lucky people that found something at a really young age that I just loved because I've done the same thing for 17 years. It's amazing. So now, you know, you say it like that, right? But at the same time, you know, you worked... You're what the part of you that's what's your story, which when we describe what's your story, it, it, it basically is when we tell someone's story, basically taking their LinkedIn or their resume and making it live. Right. And talking and through it. And usually when somebody has worked in like a traditional corporate sense and just raised their like, you know, raised through the ranks in the corporate ladder, right. which you did as well. But being that you do work for yourself, it is unique. Whereas, right. you know, some of the other folks we interview are, you know, started as a sales assistant and now they're the VP of sales somewhere. You know what right. I mean? And they just kind of set, kept going in the corporate right. manner, went back to work after having kids or doesn't don't have kids or whatever right. the story may be. But I don't even like, think we said exactly what I do yet, which is I'm no. a financial advisor. Exactly. <laughs> right. So um, and it's interesting because I have other friends that are financial advisors and we have the same title, but we can do very different things. So I really think it's it just unique to what, what you do as an advisor and how, what your practice looks like. It's not the same across the board. Right. Um, so basically, when I say I started right out of college, we basically start – well, take a step back. So um, – Fortunately, I work with a company, Northwestern Mutual, and they're kind of this umbrella where as an advisor, you get to grow and build your own infrastructure and team and wealth management practice under their umbrella. So we're independently contracted. We're responsible for our own office space, our team, our infrastructure, education, but we do have access to some of their platforms and their products for our clients, but we're not limited to. So, um, you know, we, I, I started, I had to get all of my own clients. So day one. We go in and they help you. There's a marketing plan and there's support. But basically, it was up to me to get 
my own clients. It's and almost I, like you own a franchise of a yeah. business. It's so funny. It's yeah, somewhat they, like that. It is. Yeah. So I, I really, like you said, kind of straddle both stories. Yes. I kind of straddle both worlds where I really, truly am independent. You know, the people that work with me work for me, not for Northwestern Mutual. Um, but we get to share access to this amazing world of Northwestern Mutual and other companies as well. I mean, we have an open architecture platform for our clients, um, but we do have access to some of these, you know, world-class products with Northwestern. So we kind of straddle both. And I think we get the best of both. That's well, what great. I love about you in general is showing our audience, uh, our audience tends to be predominantly, as as you know, I run a, 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 a with Jamie, a, a focused Staffing or staffing arm of our business, which is on fashion and media. Now, granted, we work on a lot of things that are not fashion and media, i.e. I've helped you with a search before. That's right. So as we've aged up, and I say that elegantly, um, (laughs) my audience has shifted. And I like to – Jamie likes to say that we specialize in good people, not necessarily a particular – yeah, people ask us, Avenue. like, what do you specialize in? I'm like, I specialize in people. You, right. Within reason, you give us a search, we can figure it out. I mean, right. and we're the first to say we couldn't. But really, when you're just looking for strong, in this particular case, you're looking for someone maybe that's local or that's, you know, wanting to go back to whatever your description is, that's our jam. So it doesn't necessarily right. mean that they need to be like a fashion designer for me right. to be able to help you. So. That's kind of how we right. decided and to, I to liked, work together. I said, I'm like, I'd like to interview somebody that has, I mean, you just, you, you're just a little bit uniquely different than everybody that we've interviewed. Also for our audience, maybe somebody's interested in a career path that has nothing right. to do with fashion and media. And you know what? They'd right. be smart. Wink. Um, in addition to that, I think that there's a lot of podcast out there, a lot of media out there that focuses on somebody that has a really great idea and funding and like obviously we got our start because we're obsessed with Guy Raz and how we built this and um you know how I built this and I I find that there's something lost out there just talking about regular people that are kind of just kicking it yeah um and and in in your particular case you're a hustler or you self-made yeah. but you work with this major organization that's mm-hmm. well recognized and right. you can kind of talk to our audience and us about your day-to-day, which brings me to the word I struggled to land on for you. So interestingly enough, I think September, um, we talk so much about the new year in January, right? Mm -hmm. But I also feel like there's something to be said, especially for people that are parents, which affects a lot of us. Um, And when you're not a parent, by the way, our mindset is always – in September, it's a turn of season. It's we remember school. I, I talk to young people all the time that after four years in a job, they start to feel antsy because we're all programmed for change after four years, whether right. it's high school or you know middle school sometimes or college, obviously, um, that we just have a natural urge to, to seek out something new. But I think at this time of year, you hear, I mean, I can't count on my hand how many people are cutting up zucchini and putting lettuce in their claws in their fridge because they're resetting them their cleanse right or they're trying to set new goals and they're like just cleaning house Mm -hmm. and you know i think that i find it's a time where we need to walk our own walk if you're going to say something you're going to have to do it and then there's nothing that jamie and i i mean we agree on so many things but we both get pretty passionate about not being a hypocrite and being extremely accountable right. for what we say and what we do mm-hmm. and high, holding ourselves to a very high standard. Right. So 
dot, dot, dot. There's our word. There's your word, <laughs> which I think has a nice double entendre because yep. you're numbers and I like that. And I'm toying with numbers anyway. Accountable. It's fine. Yes. Um, anyway, so we are going to dive into accountability and what it means to you mm-hmm. as we walk through your history yes. a little bit. Sounds great. Um, James? Yeah. I think I think one thing I will say um, is, you know, when, when people are thinking about their career and if they want to make a change or even if they're just getting started, um, when they think about financial advisor or financial planning, I think so many times they think they have to have this like mathematical analytical background. And I think when we look for people to join our firm, we have an office right here in Red Bank. Um, it's really more about the person, like mm-hmm. you were saying. So we have people who have a sports science background. We have people who were teachers who are making career changes. It's really about the person and their ability to connect with people and then their work ethic. It's we exactly can, like what we do. We can teach everything else. It's like we could teach everything totally. else. Totally. No one went to school necessarily potentially in what we do much more even than you do. Like no one went to school for recruitment. Very few people do. Right. There are majors out there that do recruiting in HR now, but usually the folks that at least have worked for us over the years, all of whom were just kind of like floundering, not sure kind of people or career changers or somewhere in between. Right. And we would sit with them and connect to them in a way where we're like, do you want to work for us? You know, right. like, <laughs> let's let's stop talking about the jobs I'm, yeah. I have you in here for, but, like, just come work for us. Because it really does, ima- you know, I would imagine it's very similar to you. Like, like, we're coaches to a point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you could teach somebody your business, you I'm do. guessing. And, you know, I'm not involved day-to-day in the recruiting and selection process, but I'm always looking to introduce people to this career for two reasons. Number one, I just think it's a way to give back. Like, I've, you know, I've gotten so much out of this personally and professionally, um, and it's such an amazing opportunity that I'd love to share that with other people. Yeah. So, you know, there are so many times I'll, I'll be talking to somebody and they'll say something and I'll just say, you should just come in and talk with our firm because you just get a feeling about them. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're thinking, well, you're crazy. I'm in the restaurant industry. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's about the person and can they connect with people? Because really... I think that's what it's all about from a planning perspective. I think people choose to work with me because they feel I understand them. And when you feel understood, just like walls come down and then you can really connect with people. If someone doesn't think that you understand them, they just really can't connect with you. Right. Because I don't think you get it. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's so much about that. And for anyone who's listening, who's thinking about a career change or what do they want to do, like just you never know. You know, it's more about like your core qualities and just explore it. Anything, but particularly in our field, if someone was interested, they don't have to have this financial money background. Isn't it validating to hear some of our sentiments echoed exactly. by something that's completely exactly not related to what we do? I mean, we always talk about like, who are you in your friend group, right? Are you the planner? Are you the right. um, person yeah. that knows how to sew? Are you the one that everyone comes to for advice? And so we we talk about that with our candidates all the time. And then it helps us to figure out, okay, so if you're this way and you're that way, and this is your personality, or somebody might say, you know, I'm much more like a behind the scenes person. Like I'll always show up. I'm super loyal. I'll come to your birthday dinner but I have no interest in planning it or picking the restaurant. I'm like, I got a career for you. You know, like right, you know. certain things that you just kind of know. Anyway, so let's start from the beginning for, sure. with you. We like to ask this question because we think it's fascinating. Plus, a lot of people usually have several answers. But what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a little girl, what did you dream of being? I was thinking about that question. Um I think the first memory I have of something that I wanted to be was not until I was older. I'm sure at some point, like if I asked my parents, I probably wanted to be a princess and mm-hmm. I probably wanted to be all those fun things. But um, I, I I thought I was going to be a news anchor. <laughs> That's Me what too. I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, well, this audience you know, knows I want to, I know. Well, I'm trying. Um, I think, I don't know. It wasn't right. intentional. I, well, I originally wanted to be a writer, which I did, which I've done. Um, but I That's have self-published yeah. self it. It's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I did it. Um, you did it. But I, I wanted to be a newscaster. I wanted to be a, um, a sportscaster. Oh, which I is didn't very funny because I those specifics. So, um, you know, that then I, at some point I remember thinking I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and then I really didn't know. Like I, I didn't have we could have been in Kansas something. somewhere together. Yeah, right. And not very <laughs> Yeah, you have to go into the small markets first. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So um so yeah, that was kind of that was kind of the thing I thought about. I love it. And so what is it that you – so obviously you wanted to be those things, but what was your first job, like your actual first job? Not necessarily like what you did when you graduated college, but what was your first paying gig? Babysitter. Babysitter. <laughs> yeah. Babysitter. Yeah. Yep. I mean, oh, I, it looks like we're wrapping up on our Facebook Live to find the rest of this amazing interview and great. what's going to unfold. Yes. With Marissa Savino-Williams. Find Thank us you. on iTunes, Dreamcatchers. See you there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so – Tell us about your first job after babysitting. What was your first, like, did you yeah, have, like, so a first job much, after that? I, I mean, I, I would babysit, and then I was a lifeguard. Yep. So, I mean, I guess that's a little theme. There was some consistency. Um, you know, my husband, he probably had 20 different jobs. Like, he worked at so many different places, you know, from mm-hmm. when he was a child to now. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so babysitter, lifeguard. I lifeguarded the same place that I grew up going to, you know, swim team, swam on their swim team and then became a lifeguard there. And I did that every summer I was home from college until I think my junior to senior year. And then I did a kind of a real internship. And where was um, that? Your internship? That was at an advertising agency. So mm-hmm. I did think for a while there, you know, I was a marketing major, education minor at Villanova. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to get into that advertising world. So I did an internship at an advertising agency in Princeton. Um, and then Really, it was my senior year in college when I was introduced to Northwestern Mutual. And so then I really started seriously thinking about, okay, I'm graduating in a few months. What am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that was really helpful for me was my mom sat down with me and she said she has been in recruiting her whole career as uh, well. I didn't well, know she was that. A nurse and then in recruiting. Yeah. So, um, and she said, you know, write down the things that are important to you in a career. And so I wrote them down and then she said, and we just want to continue to kind of cross check them to like the opportunities that you're going to be exploring. And so the things I remember writing down were, you know, I wanted independence. I wanted flexibility. I wanted to be able to make an impact. And I I wanted like financial freedom. You know, I didn't want there to be like a cap on how much money I could make. I wanted it to be related and correlated to how hard I worked. And you had those, Mm -hmm. and I say this with love, you had those kind of ideals or ideas of what you wanted back then to know that that's what those were your goals. Because not only do I think that's extremely admirable and mature, but also not for nothing and not, not to, you know, carry the one on us or anything, but like, was it seven? Seven, how many years we're ago? old. Yeah. To, to feel like we yeah, wanted Yeah, that was 17 years like, ago. Like, for you to know in your mind. They might have not been as articulate as they are yeah, now, no, but yeah. I think yeah, like, I knew I was like. You knew you wanted to, like, I was like, I want to work with people. Earn, yep. I'd like to make an impact, do something, you know, that makes good. a difference. Totally. And then, and that's you know. that's a similar story if you listen to some of our former podcasts about both of us and kind of floundering a little bit. And that's how we both found recruiting for other reasons. But. I think that that's a to really, know it on the to on know the it. gate is great, probably because your mom was a recruiter. Well, and probably yep. I was just going to say, like I had influence from my parents, of course, and I'm sure we had conversations around yeah. all that. Um, but I did always have those kind of fundamentals and ideas and things that 
I knew I wanted to try to, to have. And I, I didn't know if I'd be able to find them all in one place, but I did. Right. You and know, we'll get there because I think great. that's amazing. Um, are there any uh, skills that you still draw on today? Because we talk about this a lot uh, with our candidates and especially young people. Like even from lifeguarding. Well, yeah, you, you do rescue still, people. I yeah, you think. do rescue yeah, people out of like, rescue. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was really needed. I think she was fine, but I went in anyway. <laughs> right. You do rescue people. Like, should from, I go? Should I not go? From drowning underwater, maybe yeah. financial waters. Um, is there any other skills that you still draw on even now? Like especially obviously as a parent, I'm sure yeah. for babysitting, but anything else that it taught I think you? so. I mean, I think just working at a young age, I think you learn responsibility. You know, you have to be there on time. I think you have accountability. To show accountability. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, we'd sit at the front desk and greet members as they came in. And so you had to be respectful and you, know, you had to get along with your peers, the people you worked with. Um, and so I think all of those qualities are things that like I've just kind of carried with me. You know, you don't know what you're getting when you're getting it, right? So, I mean, as, as right. I say, hindsight is twenty twenty vision. One of my favorite little anecdotes. So but true. if you look back and you're like, oh, I just sat in the lifeguard chair. But, like, at the end of the day, that like, is. No, you didn't. No. Right. Oh, you yeah. actually absorbed quite a bit more. Granted, you were getting some sun. Yeah. Right. Oh, it was yeah. not so bad. Yeah, it was not so bad. Um, it was fun. But you were taking from it and building the base of who you'd eventually become. I always talk about I was a camp yeah. counselor for many summers and people, like, you know, poo-poo it, you know, if they don't know about it. And I'll never forget. I was 17 years old and I crossed uh, a busload of, like, 170 kids across Times Square to go to a Broadway show because we took like a trip and I still think about that. I'm like, I was 17. I stopped traffic and I was with other people, obviously, right, but right. we were trying to get them to cross over 42nd and Broadway. Right. And I'm like, if I could do that at 17, I could do anything. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I still think about that. Right. And you think about you, now that you have children and if you have a 17 year old babysitter, like, yeah, you know, you're hoping there's yeah, like, can you cross you traffic? Are. Right. You know, totally. like, um, but now they have to get you to don't get down, down the your road phone. in the middle totally. of the road here. Don't look down at your phone while you're crossing my kids. <laughs> right. um, so obviously we talk about an aha moment a lot because usually we're having a conversation with people where they're like, it took them a while to have that like, all right, this is what I want to do. Now, you mentioned earlier that you had that fairly early on. You were, in, quote unquote, introduced to Northwestern Mutual your senior year. Can you talk a little bit about how you found it? Yeah. And why you were like, sure. this sounds great. So I'll take a step back. Um, so when I said introduce— I'm just posting us on Fairhaven oh, Working Moms. Awesome. Please do. Um, so when I was introduced to Northwestern Mutual in my senior year, that was on campus with a recruiter from one of the New York City offices. So they came out to campus they were and on you campus, met them. Yes. Got it. Okay. But I'll take a step back because I have been around Northwestern Mutual really my whole life because my dad was a managing partner for one of the Northwestern Mutual offices. Got it. So, but I did not grow up thinking I'm going to work with Northwestern Mutual. I'm going to be a financial advisor. I mean, actually growing up, you know, there's there's really been a, a huge change in the services that we provide to our clients because back in the day it was pretty much insurance oriented. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I grew up thinking I'm going to sell insurance. I'm going to do risk management planning. I really didn't think about it. But what I think was happening is um, by subconsciously being, you're sub absorbing it. Yes, I was absorbing it. That's through, like us. We work yep. for our dad. We didn't yeah, necessarily like, think we would work for him through holiday parties where my brothers and I would stand at the door and take everyone's coats as they'd come in. And, you know, my parents also always shared a lot with us. I mean, my dad would pick me up from field hockey and he'd give me examples of um, a problem that he had to solve at work, you know, and he would tell us about it. And we'd say, oh, well, we think we should, you should maybe do this or do that. So, you know, subconsciously, I think 
I was aware of this potential opportunity that was in front of me because I did see it. Um, but really, genuinely, it wasn't until I was a senior in high school, I mean, in college, where I thought, maybe this, is, maybe this is something I should explore. So, you know, between kind of having that in the background and then really sitting down saying, okay, what are the things that are important to me? And then if you have an aha moment, it was, it was basically like, well, wait a minute, all of these things I could do in this world with my family. Now, as an advisor, it's a very different role than a managing partner. So my dad did not have clients. It's not like I went in and worked with him. It was day one, here's your desk. You didn't have, we didn't have a laptop, Mm -hmm. you know, just had a cell phone and it was come up with a list of 200 people, you know, and start calling them. Yeah. And then they hopefully gave me a meeting. And then if they gave me a meeting, I would ask them for other people and ask them for other people. And so, you know, I got to do it with family support, but I had to do it by myself because no one could give me those names, make those appointments, go see those people. So were you working in your dad's office so, at that time? So interestingly, um, so I interviewed with the New York City office. There's a New York City office of Northwestern Mutual as well, Manhattan. All my friends were going to Manhattan. That's where I wanted to go. So I interviewed there. And I also felt like I knew my I knew that, you know, I would be able to get a role in my dad's office. Um, and you I wanted, wanted to, to make like sure someone yourself. else would hire me. Totally. Yes. Yeah. So I went through the whole process in New York City. Um, you know, it's a pretty – the process is – they call it this mutual fit process because it's about Ooh, I like you that. wanting mm-hmm. them. I love a double entendre yeah. as mm-hmm. we just discussed earlier. You, They want to make sure that this is a fit for you as much as it, it's a fit of for course. them. Right? It's, it's, like not like there's, yeah. Yeah, it's not like there's 10 seats and they're trying to fill those 10 roles and that's it. If there's 20 amazing candidates, they'll take them all. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed in Northwestern Mutual – I mean in New York. I went through the whole process and then they offered me the job. And I was about to take it in the New York City office, and I thought, wait a minute, like, I'm super close with my family. Like, my dad's been he, – he just retired two years ago. He was the longest-standing managing partner with Northwestern Mutual over 40 years. This is a pretty awesome opportunity to do it with him, you know, do it yeah. around him and be with him and learn from him. So um, – so yeah, I felt. I mean, I think that so you the, gave the, up the guy on the in New York, York City dream, and you then you worked in the Prince or wherever Tempor- that was. temporarily. Amazing. Yeah, so I did. I started in Princeton, and um, I was there working in the Princeton office. I mean, I've, I've always that's always been my home base up until recently when we moved to Red Bank. Um, but I then all my clients were in New York City. My friends were in New York City. So basically, I started building a New York City clientele. So I would ask my clients at the end of our meetings, who do you know who works or lives in New York City? Most specifically Wall Street. And my clients are a lot of that very like Wall Street based. And name by name, by name, by name, I built up a Wall Street, New York City clientele. And then I moved there. Dear Marissa, love Marissa. Our story is the same. Minus <laughs> a little bit. No Wall Street. Dad, do it myself. Yeah. yeah. All the pieces. I work for my father. He gave me the foundation. I, I had to do all of it myself. And it was not Wall Street, which would have been much more convenient <laughs> for my commute today. Right. But you know what? And you also can't do potentially it all. more lucrative. Um, a little actually, bit. A little bit more actually, lucrative. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, regardless of its ups and downs. And you know, it's interesting because people will say, you know, do you think that you ever had an advantage working like with your dad? Because again, I don't work for my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this interesting setup. Same. Um, how we're 1099 employees independently contracted, but under this awesome umbrella with this support. And I always say, yeah, I totally had an advantage, which was the support. I mean, it is a really hard career to get going. Like the retention rate is really 
really low initially. So you need the maximum amount of support. So I did have this like built in support. Like we will all see new advisors come in the door. And if they don't have the support of their spouse or their parents, if they're young, it makes it so much harder. Mm -hmm. So having that support system, I think is important. And then what we've tried to emulate, and I say we, it's, you know, we really do have a culture. There's in Red Bank, um, we rolled out of Princeton. There's about 12 advisors that all have their independent practices with their independent teams. But we really are all a family and a culture there. So we help support each other. Um, and so we've tried to create an environment to give that support to people who may not have it, you know, at home or in their own network. Sure. Because you need it. And especially for women, I mean, of 7,000, 10,000 Northwestern Mutual Advisors, there's not a lot of women. And so nationally, um, you know, the women have really come together. We create study groups. We talk on the phone weekly. Um, we have seminars like Just for Women. I mean, it's very inclusive of women. But especially as I've gotten older, where, you know, as you start to have children, it kind of just shifts a little bit from your men counterparts. And um, it's been nice to have, you know, groups where I'm in that are men and groups that are women and some that are mixed just to have all that support that you need. So you can kind of find what you need. I have some friends for for years. It didn't matter to me. It was women or men, whatever. It didn't matter. Now it's nice to have a little bit of both because we can relate a little bit more to certain things. Sure. I can't imagine why. Um, (laughs) So Going back to the accountability question or word that we were talking about, what does that word at this stage of your career mean to you? Because I think what's very interesting, at least even for me, you know, I think we talk about this all the time to people that, and which is probably why we're so like-minded and helped you find people, is that, you know, so often we're having conversations with people, a lot of women, of course, just being that we are women and also moms in Fairhaven, just women or whomever that want to maybe go back to work or don't know that they could do something like this. And that, you know, so I would love to hear you talk about um, what the word accountability means to you. And then also a little bit about the actual work that you do and how that could potentially apply to a listener that is potentially listening I feel today. like it's accountability to you personally, and then it's accountability to you and your job, and then it's accountability to the audience, mm-hmm. right. almost like a three-way. Yeah. Um, because I feel like in your particular case, you can talk about yourself, you can talk about your business, and I think you can inspire others with the same word because, you know, of course, it's little things like, you know what, Marissa and Jamie, if you didn't buy a coffee two times a day, those dollars would add up to this Right, time. right. Well, I'll start Sounds with Sounds like what I my think, dad says. Like, yeah. <laughs> you should add up your Starbucks and Rook bills, and then you should see blah, blah, blah. I'm like, thanks, dad. Yeah. Well, I you know, it. what's interesting about that He's is, my financial advisor. You know, what's Always interesting about that is we'll say to our clients, if you have a financial plan, right, if you have a plan and you're actually working your plan, then it doesn't matter what you spend mm-hmm. because we have a plan and we know that we're setting aside a certain amount of money for whatever goals it is and whatever's left buy as many Starbucks as you want. And then every year we're going to adjust the plan. Mm -hmm. So it's almost kind of the opposite thinking in let's come up with a budget. Let's come up with your cash flow. Let's assign those dollars to your goals. And what's left, you can do whatever you want with. You don't have to worry about that. So I think if you have a plan that that makes a difference. But I think um, so I'll start with accountability kind of day to day, like with my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our process is first to really get to know people. We we truly, really want to understand, like, how do they feel about their money and what are their most important goals for their future? And we want to try to put those together through a financial plan, implementing different financial products, investments, whatever that may be for someone, whatever they need. 
Um, so we'll spend a lot of time talking to people about that. And then what we'll do is we'll go back and put together a bunch of analytics. We call it a financial brief. It could be 20 pages for someone who's just getting started with a financial plan. It could be 120 pages with multiple iterations for a very complex client. Um, and then we'll present that to them. We'll give them executive summary with our key findings and our recommendations, and it's theirs. And now the issue is it's just a plan, and it needs to now come to life. It needs to be implemented. And it's hard to implement a plan because it takes sometimes making changes. It takes actually like you know maybe repurposing your money and saving and accumulating. So I think holding our clients accountable to what they tell us is important is, is really kind of the crux of that word. So it's, I feel like it's my responsibility to help them implement what they said is important to me. And sometimes that's difficult because that may mean having a meeting with someone who's like, great, I'll call you in a week. But life gets busy. People don't not call us because they're not interested. They don't call us because they're busy. Mm-hmm. And I think they appreciate the effort and the follow-up and the proactiveness but that's that could be difficult sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So there's mm-hmm. this like delicate balance of, hey, you told me you really wanted to do this. It's really that's important to you. Yes. Like, oh, you really wanted to hire. We sent you candidates and then you didn't respond. Right. Right. But Same kind of thing. We're not implementing the plan. And if we don't implement it, then you're not it's really meaningless. Your goals. Right. right. And we're not gonna be able to get you where you need to go. So I think holding people accountable to their goals is is really part of my responsibility. Um and then, you know, when you when I think about it for myself, it's then holding myself accountable, um, and which is really hard to do. It's mm-hmm. hard to hold yeah. yourself accountable. So it's tiring. It's hard to call those people back up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard. It's, we call it like difficult conversations or courageous conversations. And, you know, I have courageous conversations all the time, yeah. all the time, whether it's just internally with my team or whether it's clients who are saying things that professionally, economically are not don't may may not make sense. And it's like this delicate balance to say and to kind of challenge them to think a little bit differently. Um, You know, I'll give you a give you a specific example. And this is not the most sexy, exciting part of financial planning. There are a lot of those, but this is really important. And it's around life insurance. So we meet a lot of people and they want to talk about investments and saving for college and retirement. And we talk about all of those things. But we also will talk about their risk management. And so we'll ask them questions about their life insurance. And many times risk Mm -hmm. management. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. many times people are significantly underinsured and they have no idea. And I'll ask them questions specific as like, so if something happens to you, what do you want to provide to your family? And we'll go through that. And there will be times where someone will say, my spouse will get a job. Now, their spouse is a stay at home spouse right now for 15 years. So now they're saying that they die and their spouse is going to go back and get a job. That's my responsibility to kind of uncover that and talk through that a little bit more and have a little bit of a challenging conversation, which is let's talk about the reality of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I have neighbors and friends that will tell you that's not easy to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we could maybe help them try to find a right. job. Or they say, oh, <laughs> you know, he or she, they'll just get remarried. And so these are like difficult conversations that we have to have. And I feel like if I'm not doing that, I'm really doing you a disservice mm-hmm. because I, I, I literally think to myself. How often does someone say that to you? Very often. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would say at least 40 percent of the time. Do you think it's because they don't want to think about it? I think it's or they ultimately don't necessarily because. they put the time to think about it. I think it's ultimately because they're afraid if they say, I want to do this, this, this and this. 
that it's going to cost them a lot of money to buy that insurance. Mm -hmm. That's what I think it comes down to. So I'll say to somebody, let's just assume life insurance was free just for a second. If it was free, what would you truly want to happen? And typically people will say, I want my family to stay in their home. I want my kids to go to college and then I need to leave income. And then I'll say, "Okay, well, let's play out what you ultimately want. Then we'll be able to determine how much life insurance you need. Doesn't mean you're going to buy it all, but at least we know where you are and how far on or off that target you'll be. We'll get to that, but let's just get to the number. And then and then I'll say, and also let me give you some examples of this is how much it might cost. And then they're like, oh, really? That's cheap. Okay. Then we can have, you know, more of an open conversation because they're they're not as concerned about what I think is ultimately what's it gonna cost me. Mm-hmm. And then I also think there's a part of it's not a fun topic, right? Not many people really want to talk about that. And then I think there's the, well, that's never going to happen to me. Have you had mm-hmm. to, I hate to say this because I really don't want to take this term, but I like need to ask. Yeah. When you're, when you're working on selling those platforms for people, mm-hmm. like, have you, have you unfortunately had to see some of that happen for your clients? Do you have experience being? So this is being- very, this is like, this is very rare, but so I've been 17 years at this and you always you know, get people to buy it because you're so good at your job. <laughs> but I think you're saying that people have people died is yeah, what I think you're asking. And like, so, I mean, have you had an experience yeah. where you've actually seen that you've helped these people with the work that you did? In a, right. I mean, it's, a, it's uncomfortable, but it's oh, real. Right. So what's interesting is, you know, I was mentioning there's about 7,000 advisors amongst Northwestern Mutual. And part of our accountability is, you know, it is a very um, – you know, we we track our numbers and it's competitive. And so when we talk about insurance, we can kind of track how much we sell. So my point is of 7,000 people, I've been in the top two to 500 for majority of my career. So I sell a lot of life insurance as part of people's plan. I've actually never had a death claim, which is very like unheard of. At this point, 17 years with the amount of clients that we have taken on and the amount of insurance we've put in force, um, which is close to a billion dollars of life insurance with my clientele alone in our local communities, um, I haven't. Now, I've had um, very close friends, many, and stories over the years of what people that have had death claims. And I think that that keeps me motivated. It, it makes it so much easier to have those difficult conversations with people because you know it's somebody real. that this happened. And I'll say to people, the thing is in my world, like this is a reality. Like I personally have not delivered a, a death claim check to somebody, but I have very dear friends that have many times. I mean I have a friend I started with, she's out in Wisconsin. Her stories are just they're 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 heart wrenching, but they're motivational for people like us. It keeps us mm-hmm real for our clients to be able to have those conversations when everybody wants to talk about investments, which we will. We'll get there. We're going to talk about the fun stuff, but we would be remiss if we're not talking to you about the risk management side of things too. Sure. I've had a couple of clients get disabled. So we'll talk about disability insurance. Everybody usually gets something at their employer. They check the box. They think it's enough. It's never enough. It's a percentage of their income. It's taxable. So we'll educate them on that. Um, And I have had clients get disabled. And what people forget is now not only do you lose income, but you'll travel the world to get the best medical care. And that's expensive. So not only does your income go down, but your expenses go up. And so, you know, that that is that's just as important. So we say, you know, there's plan A. You're going to live a really long time. You're going to send your kids to college. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to save money. You're going to retire wonderfully. We're going to make all those those dreams come true. 
but we got to talk about plan B. Let's just make sure that's protected and we can get back to plan A. So accountability, I think you were asking me about. And I think for my clients, we were talking about making sure we hold them accountable to actually put their plan into action and having these kind of challenging, difficult conversations. Sometimes I feel like it's my job to hold myself accountable for them. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I think, you know, we talk about, and this is actually naturally our next question about being inspirational and that usually the folks that we have on this podcast, on this particular themed podcast, which is what's the word, tend to be folks that inspire others or help others, which is why we chose to have you for this, because we do feel like although you have risen the ranks in a corporate setting, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. and you could be on What's Your Story, which we're kind of doing both, that you are inspirational to others. Like you help people kind of turn their lights on, which is exactly what we do all day, every day. And the people that we talk to on this particular podcast are either like a dancer yoga instructor or somebody else that has a really cool inspirational story that quit their job and decided to do something new or create a nonprofit or whatever. Right. So in this particular case, you, you, you know, you rode this ride and you've done all of the things, but you also have been inspirational to others, making others be like, wait, whoa, like I've never thought to do that. Or I can't believe I, you know, I don't do that already or whatever it is. So what keeps you inspired? So obviously working for your dad at the beginning, I think was extremely, you know, inspirational for Mm, you, I'm sure. But what do you find inspirational and how do you then bring that to your clients to say, okay, this is what you need. And this is, this is, you know, to get them to turn their lights on and have their aha your moments. Team. I mean, some of the conversations, when you're saying courageous conversations, which I love that terminology, some of this stuff is hard work. Like, yeah. you can't just come to work, like, you know, snoozy. Like, right. you got to be ready to go in almost every single one of your calls because your phone calls are really intimate. Mm-hmm. Very intimate. Yeah, it's personal so information. How, how do you flex your muscles? How do you regroup? How do you how do you get yourself yeah. there? Where do you draw? On? Well, I would say when it comes to accountability, um, I've always tried to have multiple methods of accountability for myself. So one of them has always been to have a coach. So I've tried to always have some sort of a coach, whether um, and it's usually a business coach. I've had a couple different ones over the years. Um, but it's really awesome to spend an hour every two weeks with somebody who, you know, now it's your time. You get, I get to talk about myself. I get to talk about my goals, what I'm working on. And then there's someone who's going to help you stay accountable and call you out if you're not doing what you say you want to do. Like a business so therapist. I have a, yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. So I've had a couple different types. There's different types of coaches, you know, so there's coaches that are a little bit more just like we call them accountability coach. And it's literally like, this is what you said you're going to do. These are your numbers. Did you do them? Why not? What's up? What's getting in the way? Let's get at it. Then there's coaches that are a little bit more like strategic where you're thinking more big picture and you're planning. So I've had a couple different coaches. So I, I, I've... And this, this comes from your own this comes from your corporate scene or nope this everything like how do i pay for it do you mean everything comes from the revenue of my own business so we have clients we add on new clients we get revenue and then you know i'll I'll run my business out of that so got it yeah so i'll pay for that all myself we don't get anything paid for okay it wasn't like you hired Mm -hmm. or it's referred to you from corporate Nope. Um, so I'll, it, but I'll, I'll find these friends. I'll find the coaches usually amongst friends yeah, that are in that similar done it roles. Already. Yeah. Got it. Um, so, so I've tried to have multiple methods. So I've had a coach. Um, we have something called, um, it's, it's like a 
we called a client builder group, but basically for 15 years, I was with the same four gentlemen and we met once a month and we kind of have some numbers that we focus on. How many new clients are we getting? What's our revenue looking like? It, it's like a, it's a, you could call it a board of directors if you will, but it's the same four other gentlemen and myself. And we met once a month for almost 15 years mm. and it was another method of accountability. So that's the second one. Um, the third one would usually be like my, my husband, Fred, or my family, someone that I would kind of talk th- through. And then sometimes I'd have a floating one. Sometimes I didn't have a fourth one. Sometimes I did. But having those multiple methods of accountability was super helpful because I knew I had to report. I knew I had to show up and say, hey, I told you I was going to do this. Here's what I did. And I didn't want to let myself down. I didn't want to let other people down. You know, you wanted to show up and you wanted to show up your best self. So, but it's, it's hard to do that without accountability. Mm-hmm. So on our on those like monthly meetings, we would have a spreadsheet that we would fill out about our month. And it's kind of a pain to fill that out. If I didn't have that meeting, I would have never filled it out. Right. right. But I didn't want to be the only one showing up without the report. Right. So, you know, I think that was really important. I think for me, accountability starts with there's something that I desire. There's some vision or mission or goal that I'm trying to attain. And in order to get there, you have to have a plan. Right? It's not just going to happen. You have to have a plan. And so once you create the plan, now you got to implement it. I mean, it's the same. It's actually funny. It's the same things that I'll say to clients, really. Like, you got to implement it now. And implementation is hard. And so they have me to help their, be their financial coach. I need help people to help me stay accountable. So right now, um, I'm working with a coach. It's a newer coach. We just started about a month ago. And so she's interviewing me and I'm telling her what some of my goals are. And we have some like measures of accountability that I have to hold myself to. And at the end of the day, it comes down to, I got to make time in my calendar to do what I said I was going to do. And if I do, I know great things are going to happen. You know, I'm going to continue adding new clients. That's great for me and my business grows. It's also great for the people that we're, we're helping. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Um, So we have a lot of mantras. And if you listen to our podcast before, and a a lot of our listeners know a lot of our uh, mantras, but, you know, as somebody that is so motivated and so inspirational with your motivation and can stay so motivated for the last 17 years doing the same thing, you must have to like kind of wake up and give yourself a little pep talk every morning Mm -hmm. because you have great energy. Obviously, I can tell. Like I met you like one time online at Fairhaven, (laughs) like Carnival. Carnival. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like at the fireman's fair, it's like, I'm Marissa. I'm like, oh, hey, Marissa. Yeah. Like we've talked a lot, but I've never met you. Um, so it's 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 so interesting and fascinating and inspirational to me as another female woman work, working in a similar way to wake up and do this every day. You have to stay motivated. Mm-hmm. So beyond, of course, a coach and, you know, all right. the stuff that's like actually keeping you accountable, do you talk to yourself and <laughs> do you give yourself yeah. like a little pep talk? Are you like in a namaste? Pole? Yeah. Like, what, what I do you know like, you have yoga in your yes, life. Yes, I do. I love my yoga. Yes. So what are your mantras or how do you stay motivated that way? Yeah. It's a good question. Um, I think. And or, and or do you like have a mantra that you tell your team? Yeah. Um, how do I stay motivated? Um, well, you know, one of the things I think about is I, I did I heard this quote once and it said, um, don't compare yourself to your peers. Don't compare yourself to your past. Compare yourself to your potential. 
And when I think about that, you know, that is something that motivates me because I know what my potential is and I know the abilities that I have. And I try to just run towards that. Um, you know, it's not. And so that kind of keeps me fresh because I feel like it, although I have done the same thing, it's always evolving and changing. And there's a lot of information to continue to like stay current on and stay up with. And so I, I just think about, OK, what is the potential that I have? What can I really build here? How many people can I really, you know, inspire and impact And that keeps me motivated. I mean, sometimes I will think like, you know, in order to get new clients, we have to proactively call people in the way our practice is set up. We'll have a client send us a name every now and then, but the majority of our new clients are from referrals. So if I was meeting with the two of you after our meeting, I would say to you, I want to connect with some more people. Like, it helps me, but I know I can help others. Like, who should I be talking to? And I'll get what we call referrals. And that's how we build it, which is hard because – Never That's ends. a different topic, but it, it always interests to me. Like, I feel like the world goes round because of human connectivity. And if you got something out of our relationship, why not pass it on? Yep. But people get weird sometimes. So mm-hmm. kind of breaking those barriers, it's hard. Um, so <laughs> people get weird. Sometimes. My point yeah. is like, I have to stay motivated to do that. That is so hard. And I sometimes I think about, okay, if you don't ask, there's somebody that you could have met and you didn't. And what would happen if? if they hadn't met you. And I think I literally, I think about insurance. Like sometimes I think, you know, with my own friends or family, I'm like, what if something happens to them? And I never called them. Cause if something happens to someone in your world, someone dies or gets disabled, everybody looks at me. Did you call them? Did you talk to them? Are your clients, are they going to be okay? Do they have insurance? Like, so I feel like that's a big responsibility. So that keeps me motivated is just, you know, we, it's our responsibility to try to find more people to make a bigger impact and help them financially. Cause if we don't, I don't know that anyone else is. Right. It's not something that people are proactively calling the phone saying, hey, I, can you help me with this? So, you know, I think also my family keeps me motivated, you know, just wanting to be good and do good and be my best self for my kids and my husband. You know, that's important to me. Um, so those are kind of the I things that, that keep me going. Um, now, we talk about action words a lot, and obviously we're three quarters of the way through 2019, but we don't like to call them, you know, resolutions, but more so intentions. So besides accountability, mm-hmm. what was your big or what activity with our connectivity? That's right. And collaboration. Yes. Um, which obviously I think we touched on a little bit where you're super accountable and because you run your own kind of business really. Right. Yeah. But that you also have this amazing ability to be collaborative with Northwestern Mutual mm-hmm. as the umbrella. So we I think we covered that. But do you have any other action word that was like your word for 2019 or the remainder of this year to kind of tackle before the year is over up with one of your coaches. It's the way I look at the word is like, you've gotten up to simplify. You've gotten up, you've washed your face. You're looking, it's, it's, it's Marissa under like, yeah, raw, like before you've put on your day. My word for the rest of the year is intentional. So the way I'm thinking about it is, um, I want to be present at home when I'm when I'm with my kids and my husband, but I also have some big goals that I want to do at work, and I need to be very intentional, mostly with my time, where I'm spending it and who I'm spending it with. 
I'm honored. I need Mm -hmm. to be, yeah. (laughs) And I need to be very intentional about that. Um, So that's what I'm working on, you know, with my coach and being strategic kind of goes aligned with being intentional. But those are the things that we're working on. I think intentional is such a powerful word. I love that. Yeah. Um, We we have a couple more questions before we get to the fun stuff at the end. But um, I want to digress for just a minute because I think what you do is really interesting. And I think that a lot of our listeners and friends and people that we talk to all the time that just maybe want to earn some money, don't know how, they might start selling like something that is a um, vertical that a lot of Mm -hmm. people sell. Those, you know, we don't need to talk about them. A lot of our friends sell stuff, um, all of which I buy and I'm happy to buy. Um, But, you know, in what we do, people ask us all the time, like, how'd you get into that? Can I do it? Like, should I make, Marissa just got a text yesterday from a friend, like, should I be doing what you do? Like, I'm good at it. Maybe I can make some money. Um, So what advice or or give me like an elevator pitch fast about what you're doing. And if there's anything that our listeners, especially some local folks that might be interested in what you do. And maybe, and maybe we should say that to everyone. If two things, I think two things are really important for you in particular, if you're interested and you're local, because by the way, this is not, you do not, you can be any age to join Marissa and what she does. You can come from any background to join Marissa and what she does. You can help people at any point of your life. Really, and, and if you're interested in being able to create a new pipeline of revenue for yourself while at the same time as helping others, you know, you can contact us, the Dreamcatchers or Choice Fashion and Media or Marissa directly. And we, we can, can get help you get to information, her yeah. so that she can figure out whether or not you could be right for any one of her teams. Also, with that said, I'd like to say that if anyone is listening and thinking, well, you know what? I need some accountability. She's right. local. I mean, granted, she doesn't need to be local. As you see, she comes in and out of the city. I see her on the boat. We wave. Um, But she's right here, and she can help you. And she's right down the street-ish, and she has an office in Red Bank, and obviously a lot of roots in Princeton, and probably could be national. Yeah, yeah. Um, And if you you relate to her and her energy, she can set up some of these practices for your own family. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. what I was trying to say. Yeah, I, I can yeah. say those so two things. How do people contact good. you? One, if they want your help in any direction. Yeah. And then also, um, you know, if you want to just give me like a quick elevator pitch about what it right. is like, that you I want to, I want to change my career. Like I'm I want to come work to with you. you. And I'm thinking, cause even this whole time I'm listening to you, I'm like, should I go work for her? Like, <laughs> like bye Marissa. <laughs> um, like go to the other Marissa. Like, switch it up. Um, no, but you know, I'm just, if you were to give like an elevator pitch to somebody, what would it be? Like, what is it that you do? What's your commitment? What's your time, your day? Right. Like, I right. mean, your week, like give it to me. So I would say, I think, I think Marissa, you said it well, there's, there's really two ways you could, you could reach out to me for two things. Number one, if you're interested in a career as a financial advisor and exploring that opportunity, reach out to either the two of you or to myself and we'll put you in touch with the right people. If obviously if you're local, we're right here in Red Bank, but if you're not local, we have contacts all over the country that we'd be happy to make introductions to. So if someone's interested in a career in this, and like you said, it could be for their child who's graduating college, we have Northwestern Mutual's internship is one of the top 10 internships in the country. So we run an internship program at a Red Bank. Um, We've posted on Fairhaven. We've had some local kids this past summer. So whether it's an internship or whether it's someone who's had a job for 20 years and wants to make a change, and this sounds exciting, like a career changer. So 
those people can contact us through you, through me. My email is marissa.savino at nm, like nancymary.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. All those methods. Um, the second thing is, of course, if someone wants to talk about financial planning for themselves or their family, I'd be happy to talk with them. If I'm not the right fit, I can introduce them to one of my colleagues, someone that's local or someone that's you know somewhere else in the country. Um, happy to make make an introduction if, if I'm not the fit. But um, I think the biggest thing is to make sure that you're taking the personal responsibility and the time to sit down and think about, have you done a good job with your plan? And do you have, do you, A, do you have a plan? Because I think a lot of people have advisors, like we'll meet people or I'll call somebody and say, hey, got referred to you, you know, through Jamie. And they'll say, I already have an advisor. I'm like, that's okay. I'm never, usually I'm not someone's first financial conversation. Most people have compartmentalized their financial planning, right? They have different financial instruments, but they're not looking at it holistically. They may have a money manager who's helping them with an investment account, but it doesn't, they haven't looked at how does that relate to the retirement plan, you know, their distribution strategy. So take a, take some time to just think about it and say, have you have you sat down? Have Do you have a plan? Do you know the answers to some of those long-term questions? Do you have the right person that's working with you and coaching you through it? And if not, find somebody, whether it's me or someone else, but find somebody and go through the process. Um, you know, I would also encourage a lot of the, the female listeners because most of the time when I'm meeting with people, it is the male who has pr- the primary financial responsibility. And I'll say to them, I don't want to meet your wife for the first time if something bad happens. You know, I want her involved in this process. Let's get her educated. And they'll say, oh, she actually doesn't handle that. I'm like, okay, well, let's ask her if she wants to be involved. So I would just encourage a lot of women to take that personal responsibility as well to at least understand. You know, I get it that you divide up responsibilities because life's busy, right? But at least have an understanding. What are the different accounts? How do they work? I bet you there are a lot of listeners listening to you right now and saying, mm-hmm, I hear you. Yep. Like secret, secret, I hear you. I'm not secret. I hear you, Marissa. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of questions. Okay, so uh, what is your, we, we like to talk about a couple of things as we, as we um, you know, wind down here, but I think I could probably think of a few of yours, but we believe that everyone has a superpower. So everyone out there in life has something that they bring that's unique to them. And, you know, we talk about it all the time and our listeners are probably sick of hearing it. But mine, Marissa's I was just going to say, what are yours? <laughs> mine is, mine is I add sparkle to everything. So as you'll get to know me, I'm the person that it's just, you know, you, do, you don't feel you know, well. She's going to tell everybody a drop off that they need to be working with you. Yeah. Like now I'm like, I'm your cheerleader. And that's just who I, I am. It. So I, I like add sparkle too. to Jamie's everything. an exclamation point. Yeah, just exactly. I'm it's an exclamation great. point. And like, I do that for my clients, my you know, my friends and really just everything in life. I like to live life kind of at the max at the max. Yeah. That's awesome. Marissa's is to turn other people's lights on. Yes. So I'm an asterisk. Yeah. Make people realize why they're sparkly. That's what I try to do. Yeah. Um, That's why we compliment each other. Not that I have absolutely no idea why I'm inserting punctuation here. I was just trying to actually say, what punctuation am I going to be? You parentheses? I'll be the smiley face at the end. Or maybe the underline. (laughs) Yeah. Like you could be the underline. Like the bold. The bold or italics. But what is your superpower, would you say? I feel like it might not be as creative as yours. That's okay. But I think, well, similar to you, I do love connecting people. Yeah, the like connection. Like if I 
even if it's a movie like or a TV series like that my husband and I have watched and it's good, we're like texting. Megaphone. Oh, oh, yes. You got to watch this. Have you seen the show? You got to check it out. What did you think? Like, so I feel like it's just we're, we I do love connecting with people. Yep. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of um, I don't know if the word's empathy, but I do feel like I can understand where people are coming from a lot. And I think that, again, that makes people kind of just Trust you. be able to connect with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, again, once people know you understand them, then that's when the relationship really begins. And I think that that's done through like not just listening. I feel like there's a difference between listening and actually hearing what people are saying. Yes. You know, and I think that that could be a superpower if you want. Like I'm not just listening, but I hear what you're saying. I get it. And then I can spend the time to connect with you on that. And figure it out together. Yeah. Whether it's a friend or a client or whatever. So a little bit of empathy, a little bit of making sure you're just like really listening and hearing and understanding. Very similar to us. You know, Mm. so we we talk about that all the time. Um, We always ask people, is there anything we should have asked you and didn't? Like, is there anything you wanted to say? I know we talked a little bit about how to get in touch with you. This Mm -hmm. is normally when people say that kind of stuff. Anything about your business or what you wanted to get across today um, to our listeners that we didn't get to get to? Besides like get really, life insurance. Yeah. And and now. don't be, you know, yeah, I mean. And be I prepared that, for planning. You know, I think wah, everyone wah. needs to plan. Yeah. And again, like, because, and it's hard because those are not really the, like I said, that's not the sexy, sexy part. Right, of right, right. Should we talk about that at the block party? Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell you a funny story. I remember in New York City with my four best girlfriends we're all single and we happen to kind of be standing in somewhat of like a line and we're talking to these two guys and they're asking everyone like oh what do you do and my my one we go down the line I happen to be at the end and my one friend's like oh I work at Saturday Night Live that always is exciting right the other one sells wine mm-hmm. the other one worked for the NFL the other one was teacher which like you know the, the the guy literally was like oh my mom always told me to marry a teacher right we're all single we're in our 20s and I'm like oh I'm a financial advisor <laughs> and like, it just never really no. was like the exciting like it kind of was like wah, wah. oh tell me about the NFL like <laughs> yeah. it's turned so you know it's never really been like the glamorous exciting role but I'm really okay with that because I'm confident in what we do and like how we help people and I feel like it's just you're, my you're, responsibility you, you're on the end game you know, yeah. yeah. And it's like, but it is funny. You know, well, no you one found was someone. Like, Fred obviously liked it. Oh, my husband loves it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh my great. God. Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> um, but so. What does Fred do? Yeah. Um, Fred was. Other in, than have really nice insurance. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so Fred was in Wall Street for 15 years and he probably should talk to you two ladies. He's actually going to make a career change. Good for awesome. him. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I give him a lot of credit because it's hard to kind of walk away from from those types of gigs. Oh, so he was your client. um, That's right. You mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So he was on Wall Street. Yeah, I chased him for for a bunch of meetings, canceled on me a bunch of times, kept going, kept at it. Did you, I have to ask this question because it's really important. Did you know you had, like, did you know that you felt something? No, not at all. I was actually dating someone else. He was a client of mine for a year, totally business, before we ever kind of decided to go on a date. Where you're like, wow, he's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it was so like fun. the first couple connections or times we hung out, I, we weren't really sure whether I was like, is this business? Is this pleasure? Like, what is this? <laughs> I'm going to guess he probably thought it was the other. 
I yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, I'll tell you a funny story about it. So we, we had we had two connections. We had He had a client event that he invited me to. It was like a wine tasting. So I went. So still kind of like, you know, a lot of other people were there, but I wasn't sure why I got like, invited. this is my financial advisor? Yeah, and then I had, yeah. I had a client <laughs> charity event that I invited him to, but it was at a club. And so he probably was confused. And anyway, after a couple months of just like, that flirting kind around of stuff, that. Right. Yeah, I got a text from him one time and it said, whatever, whatever, okay, babe. And I remember going, babe. Like me too. Oh. Hashtag. Hmm. <laughs> that changed the tone a little bit. And we talked about that since. And he said he was talking to his friend and his friend was like, he's like, how do I don't know if she thinks this is business or not. He goes, I ah, just throw a babe in there. That'll change the tone. <laughs> and I know it worked. Oh my God, <laughs> that's so knew, funny. Like, I was like, okay, this is really not this professional, is not professional anymore. anymore. <laughs> You're like, there's my clue. Oh my yeah, God, so, so aha moment. Um but yeah, so uh, so that was kind of. Funny. I mean, you're like, all right, Fred, let's get this started. All yeah. right, so okay, so enough. <laughs> what of the are you business. waiting for, Fred? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 enough of the business, which obviously we've already digressed. So we like to end with a couple of fun questions, just to kind of like we've talked about, like, like it's almost like yeah, shaking yeah. your sillies yeah. out for your kids. Like, okay, we talked about all this stuff now. Yeah. Um. So we like to ask fun questions that make people just kind of like you know nostalgic yeah. and whatever. So we always ask, what is your favorite order? at your favorite, like, hometown restaurant? And so a lot of people take that question. Uh, some people take that as, like, in Red Bank. Mm-hmm. And some people take that as in Princeton like, or where right, you grew wherever up. Wherever they've been. So what is your, like, dream meal? Like, your place? Calories your, don't count. Doesn't matter. I know. It's funny. I was thinking, because I was thinking about this. Speaking of, I'm hungry. So make it good. I thing. know. Make it, make it good. I don't have one. What? I don't have one. Like, I... Like a lot of different things. I would much rather go to a restaurant where it's like tapas and you can have a little bit of everything than like order my own meal. Interesting. You're a sampler. Did you oh, have yeah. did you have a like a restaurant growing up though that was like your like we place? always went to? Yeah. No. Wow. Like wow. I went to, I mean, we went to like a lot of different places, but I don't have like that one. Like you can like, 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 a like list last of ten. Night, last like, I night literally we could were, tell you. We were my husband and I and my brother and my sister in law, we went to the Giants game. We were driving home. And it was an hour in the Uber deciding what everyone was going to order so that it was at the house by the time we mm-hmm. got there. And it was an hour. Okay, should we order from this place? What do you, you end up anywhere getting? Anywhere from, um, we ended up Patricia's uh-huh. in Red Bank. Yeah. But like we were anywhere from sushi. I was supposed to have lunch there yesterday. Asian, so just... Italian, just regular old like pizza, wings, salad. Like it was all, we were like hysterical because the four Nobody of us. Nobody could decide. Yeah, no one could decide. Are you, you know? a tourist? But I, I actually, I can make decisions, <laughs> but I don't have like, oh I'm not, you, when not is your birthday? super, super particular. March. March what? she's a Pisces. March 23rd. Aries. No, she's, she's a Aries. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I was reading these. I'm like, I don't have one of those. Like, That's such an interesting answer. Because so answer. many people Most do. Most people are like, I'll have the salad with grilled cheese. Like everyone oh, knows yeah. like one of my thing. I, one of my best friends, she, when, if you name a restaurant, she knows exactly what she gets there. Every well, time. it's like when you come mm-hmm. home from Villanova and you want to go to like get your favorite sandwich. That's, yeah. I mean, that's where we're leading at. Yeah, I know. Okay. But you don't have one. I didn't Oh, my God. It. That's amazing. Um, if <laughs> you could, like, oh okay, gosh. if you could that travel. Ask me about my band. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you could travel anywhere um, in the world. Yeah. One, alone. Mm-hmm. Two, with a partner, with Fred, in this case. Yep. And three, with your best friends or your four best friends. Like right. You were saying. Yep. Uh, where would you go? So, I'm going to be real. Alone, I don't think I would that's not really my jam. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need to... Go somewhere by yourself. Go somewhere by myself. I mean, I could do a few hours a day, but, like, get on an airplane and go somewhere alone. 
wouldn't do it for me. Okay. Um, with We've had friends. people say in their homes, Sarah Martinez said in her house She just wants to be by anyone, herself. Yeah. no one in her house. In her house. That is very nice, actually. Right? I've thought about idea? that. I, I, every now and then I'm like, when have I really ever been here by myself? Yeah, <laughs> never. Right? Ever, um, never. Yeah. So I probably would say alone, hmm, I'd pass. Um, with Fred, I mean, we went to Italy for our honeymoon, but I love Italy. I love mm-hmm. Rome. I could go back there a million times. There's still other parts in Italy that I want to go to and explore. So I would definitely say Italy. We both studied abroad there, so we yeah, feel My so kid's right. name is Sienna. Oh, yeah. There Came you go. from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my friends and I are all turning 40 this year. So we're working on, you know, where are we going to go? And it's probably it's a really productive conversation, isn't it? When you're trying to plan like that? Nashville, yeah. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably going to go to Turks and Caicos. Oh, even better. And like, you know, there Cans are definitely some cool places you know, I want to go check out, but the reality is, you just want to. I relax. just want to hang out with them. You know, everyone's busy. One lives in Chicago. Two are in. One's in North. Even though she's in North Jersey, I feel like I see my friend from Chicago more, right? Because yes. you have to be intentional about yeah. when you're going to see each other. But yeah. when you're Jersey, you're like we're close, but we never see each other, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, so we're probably just going to do some like pool, beach, sun, it relax. Great. Hang I always out say, to, I jokingly say to my my girlfriends, I'm like, I would go to a Target parking lot with you. If, me, if it yeah. means my kids are not there. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. So, like, just to, I don't care where we go. Just right. pick it. Let's yeah. just do it. Let's just do it. So, the Gansevoort's great. What was the one that was the... the seven stars. The seven stars. So gorgeous. Really yeah. All of Turks is amazing. And the water there is like... Have you ever been there? No, I haven't Oh, my God. Listen. You could say anywhere. It's amazing. Right. The only thing I'm asking for you to remember, and you'll reference the last 30 seconds of this podcast, is Somewhere Cafe. You go okay. to Turks. Somewhere cafe. You have to eat okay, there at sunset. It. It's not fancy. I hate fancy. Right. I can't stand when people give me like these fancy meals when the Caribbean no, and it's just like I have like, to get dressed. No, be at the you. beach all day. Put yes. your flip flops on. I tried to buy a t-shirt off a waiter. Mercy. Like it was that kind of a place. Yes. Was that the place with the um, the Mexican? Yeah. That we watched the sunset. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, okay, awesome. so the finish up, we are obviously, as we were saying, and I'm super sparkly and Marissa likes to add sparkle and all of the asterisks and whatever we were saying before. We love to talk about brands that we love and or people that inspire us, like we were saying earlier. But like brand crush is like a big thing for us. Like what is currently like your obsession? So whether it's a TV show <laughs> or like a thing that makes you like super passionate. Whether, Something and, that you're sending the text and about. It, it could be like a life insurance plan. <laughs> Actually, oh it God. might be. Oh let's be fair. It but might be. like crushing on anything right now that you're like super into. Like, for example, I said Swell Bottle for a really long time. But recently I'm kind of obsessed with – um uh, oh shoot! I'm not gonna think of it right now. Redbubble was the one you said, right? The sticker company. Yeah. So I don't have it on me right now, but right now it's like a thing to put cool stickers all over your water bottles. Okay. And I'm working on. I have a side hustle that I work with Tootsie Olan, who's a you know a dance mm-hmm. instructor right. and yogi, one of my and favorite we're yoga teacher, the best. And I'm 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 going to see her after this, and we're um currently designing like a logoed something like sticker we're thinking about doing and um there's so many of these cool companies now that make these like cool stickers and like which ones like are waterproof and don't like peel off your water bottle oh my god mine's mine peeled off and it's gross yes and i obviously can't remember the name of the company i'm thinking of right now but is there anything that you feel i'm gonna look it up while you're talking sorry (laughs) don't not to be rude but is there any like thing right now that you're like obsessed totally crushing on yeah it could be a rent the runway. Right. It could yeah, be yeah, Marissa's yeah, crushing yeah. on rent the like runway right down, now. Downtown I mean, Abbey. Right. It could be anything. Yeah. So, you know, I, will 95. Say, I feel like my shows right now, the lineup is a little limited. Right. <laughs> mm. I'm like yep. looking for something to watch. Um, 
I mean, I, I feel like this is a little cliche, but I will say like I go in and out of spurts of, you know, con- I try to consistently work out, but it's just hard. Yeah. But I mean, I do love hot yoga. I, I really do. Like when I get into it, I get into it. When I get out of it, I'm out of it. But when I'm into it, like I really it, it's just amazing. And I take Tootsie's class and Vanessa's class. So, I mean, I'm in a like a little bit of a getting back into that right now. Mm-hmm. Um but sticker mule Sorry. stickers. I'm going to try to get on the sticker bandwagon. Stickers. That sounds kind of cool. Um, By the way, yeah. shared universe have a sticker, Christian. I need to get oh, one wow. of those and put it on my water bottle. I want one. Uh, sticker mules is, is the company I'm thinking of. I think it's so cool. You can upload anything to there and print. We need to get Dreamcatcher stickers because I really want one. Yeah, you and do you need put a them everywhere. One. Sticker mule, yeah, and you put you could put them on like your laptop. Yeah. My Great. kids have them on their desks on the their front water of your bottles. windshield. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I gotta think about that, ladies. I, I know it's a tough one, one right now. It's a tough one. Yeah. Well, you know, I met your brother at a Starbucks, and he doesn't drink coffee. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't drink coffee either. Yeah, That's I don't so know funny. what to say I here. Know. I know. You know what? Will you we are make an it? anomaly. I was actually I really into you, and now I think I might be. I yeah. Would we make it to a second date? <laughs> I'm like, do you like not like food or like brands? I do. I just don't. Ha- I'm just not like you're just, super you're specific. By, by the way, you had me at saying Tootsie. Like you say Tootsie, I'm in. Like that's it. She's like, that's her brand crush. That would be a great place. That's a good brand. Yeah, that would be a good place to go with your friends. So here we go. You know, yeah, with your friends. Totally. I'm actually going with her in six weeks to Tulum on her second retreat that I'm wow. going on with her. So excited. Anyway, so that's I'll it. I'll be here with you. We're done. Be here. This was lovely. This was great. Thank you for it's coming. So fun, for sharing ladies. and educating everybody. And I feel yeah. really kind of um, empowered yeah. and uh, yeah, empowered, proud Thank to you. share this kind of content, which I think is not necessarily traditional for me um, and outside of our natural box um, to be able to say, hey, guys, listen up. This and is important. Not yeah. only are there other careers out there for people like us, because obviously it sounds like we're extremely like minded and had similar upbringings and backgrounds and went to school for one thing and tripped into something else. And that's exactly what we talk about all the time. So I think it's refreshing to hear that other things like that exist and also to share that with our listeners. And that there are things you can do, everyone, to be Phoenix in the rising. You can change. With hard work and tenacity, you can change. Mm -hmm. And you can also, you can start from nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know what? As long as you, as I say to my kids and to everyone I talk to, you never give up. Never give up. Just never give up. No. And you just keep at it every single day. Keep at it. And we love it. Intentional, right? Well, thank you for thank being you, here. Ladies. It was so much fun. Happy I Monday. This it. was such a great way to Thanks, start my Christian. week. Thank, thank you, Christian. Thank you.